The Sons of Saturday podcast is brought to you by our friends at Main Street Pharmacy. Located right on Main Street in Blacksburg, Virginia, Main Street Pharmacy is proudly owned by a Hokie family and has been a partner of this podcast since 2020. MSP offers free delivery, curbside pickup, and vaccinations as well. If you are a student or resident in the Blacksburg area, you can always trust that at Main Street Pharmacy, you are not just a number, you are a neighbor. everybody monday july 24th it's around 4 30 i just drived in i'm back in charlotte i got back here from destin this morning i'm here for acc media day and we figured it's time we haven't talked to our guy kg in a while so coach giltner assistant coach of the men's basketball team kg how you doing man great great i appreciate you having me on billy ray always always enjoy it i see the beautiful blue skies of blacksburg has the weather been down there this right. summer it's pretty great it's been really good it's uh it's hot today for the first time but man this weekend was Perfect. No, seriously, I'm not saying that because I'm on a podcast. It was perfect. It was 75 degrees, a little light rain in the afternoon, cooled it off. It was it was nice. Let's jump right into it. So there's no no place other to start than last season. Tremendous highs, low lows. Yep. When you all got together after the final game against Cincinnati, what were the some of, some of the biggest things you all reflected on? The biggest lessons learned and the biggest areas of improvement moving into next season? Man, I think lack of depth, like, and, and not for not having good enough players for just injuries. Like you can say all day long um, that that's an excuse, uh, but it's a valid one, man. Like, you know, Hunter Couture goes down and plays hurt really for, I don't know if a lot of people know that he was down for four or five games and then he was hurt for another five or six games. So having him down, obviously the Rodney Rice uh, getting hurt preseason, then getting hurt again during the season, bless his heart. Uh, what a hard worker and what a good dude and what a fighter he is, but just got went through the ringer last year. And uh, and then Darius Maddox having to take a step away with some family stuff really kind of had us spun a little bit. Now it was good for guys like, you know, MJ Collins to come in and get thrown to the fire and start and had great moments. Like you said, had some really good moments hit, you know, the game winner versus Duke and, 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 and got thrown in the fire. And sometimes it's really good for guys. Um, but the biggest thing that we, some of the big things, lack of depth. We need we needed to get deeper. Um, we needed to be way more competitive in practice, Billy. Like um, we didn't have enough competition. We didn't have enough iron sharpening iron in practice. So we we had tried to address that. And last year we didn't use all thirteen of our scholarships, and we redshirted two guys. So that 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 has something to do with that as well. This year we have thirteen guys on scholarship, and nobody's knock on wood planning on uh, redshirting as of today, July 24th. So, you know, it'll be a deep competitive day every day down there on the court. Like if you have a bad day, you can get passed up. If you have two or three bad days, good luck. So that keeps practice on edge a little bit. And then I think the biggest thing was defense, right? And some of that could be because of the lack of depth and the injuries and things like that. But defensively, we weren't even close to where we want to be. So uh, get deeper, get more athletic, get better defensively and, and uh, let's 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 let iron sharpen iron every single day in practice. So excited about that this year, and I think we've addressed that in a big way. I know a lot of people have asked this question in a different variation, but 
Hunter Couture, I don't want to talk about the injury. I want to talk about what do you think he learned, whether it's the cerebral part of his brain, whether it's learning the system a little bit more. How do you think that he maximized the time that he wasn't able to play and be able to look at the game from a different angle? That's a great question. I mean, I think sometimes sitting back and not having your own emotions in the game and not having your own um, exhaustion sometimes in the game and what you're doing and how you're doing it and just sitting there and being forced to watch. He's played his entire career. Like ever since he was a freshman, like we say thrown to the fire, he was thrown to the fire as a freshman. So he's never really had that sit on the bench, watch type of opportunity. Um, and I'll tell you another thing he does. He's up here every day, Billy Ray. He's up here every day. I mean, he's in Coach Young's office almost two or three hours every day. Uh, most of the time it's just pulling Coach's leg or messing with him or stealing his candy off his desk. But he's always in his office. And we and, and, and during season, man, we're throwing stuff on the wall and see if it sticks. We're seeing we're, – we're, we're talking about this. We're chopping it up about that. And we're talking about – our team, and he got to be in all those meetings, and we don't hold back. And we say, Hunter, you're going to hear some things in here that you probably didn't think we talk about. You, you know, we're, we're, we're going to be addressing things specifically and not trying to hold back. If you really want to be a coach, which he does, this is what these meetings are like, and not like they're the profound or anything like that, but he gets to kind of hear the unfiltered um, things of what we're looking like with our team. So when he got reinserted, he knew the biggest areas of, of need, um, and I think that's going to make him a better coach, and I think that's going to make him a better player. And he took advantage of it. It, it was in a weird way. It, it could have helped him, and uh, hopefully we see that this year. So I, th- I think one of the interesting things that happened with Virginia Tech men's basketball last year was the first time that, and it's a good thing, that we didn't kind of – there are expectations now with Virginia Tech men's basketball. Yeah. We kind of saw that rare, it's ugly head a little bit with two players specifically being Sean Padula and Rodney Rice. Yeah. Um, Sean Padula was off to an incredible, incredible start last year. And I think what he doesn't get, what people don't really understand is how much was being asked from him and what his usage rate was last year, especially as the injuries piled up. Yeah. Um, for somebody who can't wrap their head around that, can you kind of describe how much responsibility was putting on, was being put onto Sean with not having Darius, with not having Rodney, um, and how that may have impacted his uh, his yeah. numbers of productivity at the end of the year. Yeah, and not having Hunter, too. I mean, Hunter's – you always want to have two-and-a-half point guards on your roster at all times, and Hunter was that half, right? You had him and Rodney, and then Hunter would be that half. He lost the other one-and-a-half. He was the only point guard on a roster. So, uh, I guess to answer the question, and it's a great question, because I do think there's probably some unfair judgment. Um, first of all, let's 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 go back to the Billy Basics. My man was a sophomore. He's a sophomore. He's still an underclassman. He's playing 40 minutes a game. That's hard for anybody. I don't care if you're a senior. He was playing 40 minutes a game, and he's having to guard other really good players because Hunter's now off the court or Hunter is hurt. So he's having to guard a really good player, and you know how good the guards are in this league. So that's one end of the floor. And then on the other end of the floor, we're asking him to bring the ball up while he's getting hounded 94 feet, make the right play, make shots, Get everybody else involved. That's a lot. That's a lot to throw on somebody in 20 minutes a game. He's doing it for 40. Um, so I think you saw his percentages start to fall because they're tired, exhausted, right, mentally. Um, and then whenever you do have such a really good start to the season like he had where he was averaging, I don't know, 16, 17 a game, shooting 40-something percent from three and just look like an all-league player, you become the, the focal point of the scouting report. 
and then you take out Hunter and Rodney and Darius off the scout report, you're even more the focus of the scout report. So, I mean, I just think that all those things, those little bitty things kind of stack up to really making a disadvantage for you. And I thought, all things considered, he had a really good year. Had yeah, a really- I, think, I think there's only so much that you can do when you're being asked to do that much. But what do you think he learned? Because we're we're hoping that no player is going to have to shoulder the load <laughs> that Sean Padula had to shoulder last year. But yes. What do you think that, that exposure – I mean, we're about to talk about what it did for MJ Collins, his ability to play a lot last year for Lynn Kidd, but specifically Sean Padula – being asked to do that much, what do you think he steps away from the year learning that year? Yeah, I, I think he, I think he's gonna look back, and I know he already has. We've watched tons of film. I think he forced it a little bit. I think he probably felt like, you know, if I'm not playing great, or maybe my percentages aren't great, maybe I should try even harder to make that right, or maybe I should try to even harder to score, or maybe I should try even harder to prove people wrong. And I think that's sometimes the bad approach. That's what makes him good, though, is he's got a major edge. He's got a major chip on his shoulder that people don't really maybe see because he's not like an outward guy. But he's a super competitive dude. And sometimes when this the, the cards are stacked against him, he he tries to even more. So I, I think that he's going to learn that, man, sometimes take a step back. Don't take everything personal. Don't feel like you got to force the issue um, because there's other good players on the court with you. And uh, I think – retrospectively he's looked back on some film and said golly I probably took too many bad shots or man I tried to make too many home run plays whenever we just needed something steady have you all addressed with the team or noticed yourself I mean the ex this whole expectations thing whether it's from the media or from the fan base it's never been like this at Virginia Tech ever back when when Buzz was here the beginning of Mike Young even you know two years ago it wasn't like that um, is that something you all welcome? Is it something you've had to adjust to? Um, what's it like to where I'm sure now when you walk into recruiting, you know, different players, it's not, hey, we're from Virginia Tech. We're in the ACC. People know who you are now. You're in people's top five, top eights, just if they're in the region. How, no. how has that impacted you all across the board? We, we don't talk about it one, one iota. This is the program that we've built. This is the program that and, and, and Buzz did a good job, too, of building the, the, the level of this place. But. Winning a championship here is what we're doing, is what we're trying to do. That's the main goal. So whenever we get that sort of quote unquote expectation, that's what it is. We don't we don't talk about it. We don't come in guys and say, hey guys, you know, who oh, big year. Everybody thinks we gotta be good. We got no. Our our job is to have a really good practice today and be the best we could possibly be today. And we're able to recruit really, really good players and get really, really good ones that that's what they want. So we don't even we don't talk about that. We don't even address expectations. Everybody probably feels it. No one's oblivious to that. Everybody knows that, hey, we've won a championship here. Anything less than that is not good enough. Anything less than making a run in the NCAA tournament is not good enough. We all know that, but we don't talk about it. Everybody knows that. So it hasn't really changed our 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 um our mindset or how we go through things. It's not, uh, I think everybody's disappointed in the fact that we went to the NIT last year. That's wild to say that's a mouthful, right? But we still won 19 games and went to the NIT and people are on our team are like, we got to be better. And that's what we love about it. So it hasn't changed our approach at all with how we work, but, uh, it certainly helped in recruiting. Like you said, I mean, we've got a good program and year three, we won a ACC championship and year two, we finished third, in the regular season, the highest ever in Virginia Tech history. So there's a lot to sell. And, you know, players can come here and realistically and 
they should expect to go to four straight NCAA tournaments. That's what the expectation is. So let's talk about a couple of players from last yeah. year that did get that expanded role. Lynn Kidd took a mat. I mean, if there's if there's one person in the Lynn Kidd fan club, it's me. I don't think it's one person. But he took nope. a massive, massive step last year, logging career highs across the board, shooting nearly 65%. What went into that leap? And that wasn't against, like, nobody's. That's against right. Clemson at the end of the season. That's ex- expanded role as the season went on. Every single game he got better. Um, just talk to me a little bit about his progress and what he's looking to hone in on this year. Man, this dude works. It's incredible. Um, and everybody says that, right? This dude is in the gym at least three times a day. He gets his weights in early in the morning. His body looks amazing. He's trimmed some some baby fat that he had when he first got here. I mean, he's all cut up, but he's also in the gym doing 30-minute workouts three or four times a day. I mean, the guy's obsessive to the point, Billy Ray, where it's like, dude, you got to stop. Like, you've got to relax. You got to you got to treat your body just as much as you're working your body. So he's trying to he's trying to heed that a little bit, but. Uh, he works, man, and he deserves all the credit that he is given. He 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 deserves the fan club that he's getting. But uh, another big year ahead for him. And I think if you would ask anybody in September of last year who's the most improved player on our roster, they would have said Lane Kid. And then you saw some of that throughout the season. But I think his role is going to increase threefold this year. You're going to see a lot of Lane Kid. You're going to see a lot of him as are as other guys too. But like, he's a big part of our team, man. And then MJ Collins, who at the beginning of the season, you're just like, oh, okay, here's a guy who plays really hard on defense. I don't want to ever see him shoot the ball. I don't want to see him handle the ball. And then again, as the season goes on and the season goes on, he gets more comfortable and he gets better. Um, I want to just give you a second to brag on MJ Collins. Talk about a guy. We're about to talk about somebody else who's unlucky, but talk about a guy who got punched in the face with the braces situation. I mean, I feel like he played the entire year with half of a lip. Um, talk to you a little bit about the toughness and the yeah, growth. We, 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 we joke about him and Hisham, our trainer. We say, when, when is y'all's date on the court tonight? Y'all, they always like to meet on the court every single night. Uh, but he's an easy one to brag on, man. I mean, that guy, he, he tries to do the right thing every single time, and he brings it every single day in practice. And it was cool to see him mature as the season went on. He had some really, really good moments, and he had some freshman moments. But that's, that's part of being a freshman in the ACC. But, like, hitting the game winner versus Duke – um, and, and and that type of stuff, and, and really good defense throughout the whole year, has propelled his career forward, right? Because had he not gotten those reps, maybe those reps would have been gotten this year as opposed to last year. So it's kind of jump started that career for him. Um, he's an easy one to brag on again because he works really really hard, and he's such a coachable dude. And you tell him to go do this, he by God he's going to go do that. Like he he's a great teammate, and I, I'm proud of the year he had, and I'm I know he's thankful. Um, for those game-like reps, and and uh, he's a good one, man. And the one everybody wants to hear about, Rodney Rice. While he was while he was on the floor at any time, whether he was scoring or whether he was just standing off ball, or you saw him on the bench, his stature, his athleticism, his size, and his build in general. Yeah, let's just call a spade a spade. It's not your typical Virginia Tech basketball player. We yeah. haven't really seen a guy that looks like that. Yeah. Um, Again, probably not a more unlucky player in the conference, maybe in the league, than Rodney last year. How tough was it on Rodney, and how did you keep him engaged and get him – I don't want to say get him through that, but make the most of the time that he had. Yeah, I mean, he's a super tough kid, and like I think a lot of guys in his situation would probably elect a medically red shirt given what he was going through. Um, but to his credit, 
he is a he's a team first guy, and he's like, I want to I want to get on the floor and I want to compete, and no matter how long I can play, it's four games, five games, ten games, whatever. I want to play and I want to work. And you're right, just got bit with the injury bug, man, and just not to anybody's fault, just unlucky. And uh, we're super proud that he put the team first and really wanted to just compete and help us win, regardless of what was going on uh, last year on the team. So proud of him, but yeah, he's a tough hombre and uh, super unlucky, but. He's a really good player, as you guys know. He's had a really good summer, had a really good spring, had a really good summer. He's healthy as a horse. Life is good. His body is taking an even another step. And uh, you'll see him uh, quite a bit this year, knock on wood. Uh, so we're, we're expecting big things out of him, and I think he's expecting big things out of himself. Uh, and I think there's a little fuel to that fire because of just the unlucky stuff that happened to him last year. But what a great kid. And 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 – what we had to do to keep him through it was nothing, to be honest with you. He was so low maintenance when he was hurt. He was always locked in. He was always in practice engaged. He was always involved in the scouting report. He knew what was going on. Like, we never had to say, come on, Rodney, I know you're hurt, but come on. Or come on, Rodney, I know you're – but make sure you still show up for this. Show up – like, never any of that. He deserves all that credit. We as coaches didn't do anything to keep him locked in. He kept himself locked in, and that's going to pay. that's going to pay dividends for him in his career. On the subject of newcomers, yeah. can you get a scouting report on Brandon Recksteiner and Jaden Young? Man, well, I was just bragging about them. We just walked out of our third practice for Europe um, that we're going on, obviously, on August 4th. So we just finished our third practice, and we were just bragging about them. They look good. Uh, both of them can make shots, guys. Snipers, both of them. Like, we are all very impressed with how well both of them shoot the ball. Um, as you know, both guys – uh, our freshmen. So def- defensively, that'll be something that they have to prove that they can do to get big minutes, but they've been good there. Haven't been great. They're better offensively right now than they are defensively, but they'll both um, help us. Like he, he's a workout. Like if you just walk, watch Brandon Rex down or go through a workout, you'd be like, Oh my God, this guy's quick. He's athletic. He goes really, really hard. He goes to exhaustion and he's got all the little skills and tricks and all that stuff like that. So he now is trying to put that into a game when there's live actions, but uh, he's been good. And you see the increase ever since we've challenged him defensively, you see every single day he's getting better and better. And he understands that that's his biggest setback right now, but sponge, he's a sponge, super happy with him. And you mentioned the importance of depth and kind of filling out your roster. How have the transfers molded into the fold and going into the season of transfer portal-ness, what were the biggest uh, biggest needs and what were you looking for and how did you fill it? Yeah, the middle of our roster was our biggest needs, um, kind of that three and four spots. Uh, and we did that with Tyler Nickel, Makai Long, and Robbie Barron. And uh, they've been great. Uh, Makai is finishing up um, summer school, so he's not with us right now, uh, but he will be with us very soon. Um, but Tyler Nickel, man, whew, shooter. Shooter, super happy to have him. He's a Virginia guy, as you guys know. It came down to us in North Carolina, uh, and he chose to leave North Carolina. It was an easy switch for him to come back here. I think he loves this place, our style of pay, play, and he fits in perfectly with what our roster needs. We want, we wanted a big wing. We needed a true big wing, like a guy that's 6'6", six, 6'7", six, 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 whatever. And um, he's that guy, and Robbie Barron is we, – we call him the old man, the wise old soul. It's like he's been through 20 seasons of college basketball, it feels like, because he's just so smart. Um, he has been a major, major addition on the defensive side of the ball. Can guard really one through five. 
can really navigate stuff on, you know, ball screen actions and help actions and when to help, but not to help when to communicate. He's got big voice, big voice. So we're super happy with those guys. And uh, I'm not trying to be Mr. Positive, but we are feeling really, really good about those guys and the additions. And they're just great team guys. They, they like Robbie Barron. Sometimes you got to tell me more, more uh, assertive offensively because he's such a team versus guy and he's he's out here trying to screen everybody we're like dude sometimes you gotta look to score a little bit but he's uh those two guys have been great and makai long is going to be fantastic he had some some length and athleticism and rebounding uh, that obviously we lost with justin mutz so he'll be like a dog for us but he can make a shot he's a skilled dude and he's an older guy so we wanted to get older and more athletic and kind of in the middle of our roster and we feel like we we, we got that with those three transfers and looking right now, what is the most important thing for you guys to focus on right now? Going into camp, season's semi around the corner. What are you guys most focused on the most right now? Defense and rebounding. Those those two. Those two. Uh, offensively, we got so many tools. Coach Young can have some fun offensively. Like I said, Jaden Young can really, really shoot as a freshman. Brandon, Rod- Brandon Rexner can really, really shoot. Then you got Sean and Rodney and Hunter and Tyler Nickel and John Camden. John Camden's been playing really good ball, guys. Really good ball. Lynn, Kim, Elijah, Poteet, Patrick Wessler's made a major step. We got all the offensive firepower we want, all of it. I'm telling you right now, we're, we're as good offensively as we've been as our time, in our time here. If we can guard and rebound, we will, uh, we will we'll be back in the big dance. No promises. We got to do it. Hey, guys, this is Ali Jennings III, wide receiver for your Virginia Tech Hokies. When I committed to Virginia Tech football, I committed to the best. That's why I chose Harvey's GM in Radford. Why settle for less when you can have the best? Go to Harvey's GM for all of your vehicle needs. Tell them Ali sent you. That's Harvey's GM, Tyler Ave in Radford. Or go to their website at harveysgm.com for more info. So moving on to uh, Rapid Fire. I'm actually excited about this because I never got the We started asking this to every guest over the last year. And I think you missed the window by a couple of weeks, but if you could have dinner with four people dead or alive, who would they be and where are you going to eat? Oh, is these athletes? No, it's whoever you wanted. It's whoever you wanted to be. Oh, Jesus Christ. That's one for sure. I don't know where it didn't really matter where. Yeah. Um, Dead or alive, man. Some would argue that he's omnipresent, so you can save that, you could save that spot, but you can't. You could, you could have some dialogue. So he's gonna be there anyways, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I've been fortunate, man. I don't have. Um, I've been fortunate with my family. I don't have a whole lot of, like my grand. I don't have any grandparents. I was really close with them, but like other than that, I haven't had a whole lot of. Knock on wood, um, deaths in the family. My uncle did pass away this season. Um, right after our Syracuse game, actually. So maybe him. I would love to have one more meal with him. Um, that's two. Man, who else? Golly, basketball figure would be next, probably. Um, I'm trying to debate between Michael Jordan or Kobe. It's a tough question. It's tough. I mean, uh, my favorite player growing up was Reggie Miller. I don't know if I want to have dinner with him, though. I just liked his basketball. I don't really like him. I don't really a, like listening to him commentate uh, on basketball games. I don't either. I don't either. I love him as a player. I absolutely yeah. love him as a player. I would say probably – I would say Kobe, even though I, Michael Jordan is my GOAT. Michael Jordan is my GOAT. Let me be very clear. But I would say Kobe. Um, I loved his mindset, and I, I, I'd love to hear kind of more on his work ethic and things like that. Um, I got one more. 
One more. Let's see. Dead or alive, huh? I'm going to say my favorite musician, Luke, uh, Luke Combs. Luke Combs. Just saw him here in Charlotte. He was fantastic. I'm so jealous. What's your favorite? Uh, what's your favorite song? I love his fast car cover, but yeah, that's not. It's not really his song. I love his yeah. fast car cover. Uh, that's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I would say that. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, we waited two. He uh he stuck around after it uh, seemed like a two hour lightning delay here in uh here in North Carolina, but he's fantastic. I, I had some friends that went and they just took some videos and sent them to me. I was he's so awesome. jealous. So jealous. Awesome. Um, a couple years ago when Grant Basile showed up on campus and I was like, dude, this guy looks like he's, you know, serving pizza at some place in Manhattan. He's like 35 yeah. years old. Who is this guy? And you're like, this guy's got the strap. I'm telling you, like, he's going to be, he's going to be a baller. And, and he was, he was fantastic for the Hokies. So I'm curious who's really turned your head this year that maybe nobody's talking about. We've listed a couple guys that people have some expectations for, but who is somebody that stepped in this last couple of months and you're really fired up about this year? You know, I, everybody, the usual sub suspects, um, but I do want to brag on two people um, who have really put in some work and really, and it may not even, it may not even manifest into like this awesome season like Grant Basile had, but it will eventually. And, and, and like I said, John Cameron and Patrick Wessler have put in, just some unbelievable work this offseason. Patrick Wessler couldn't even do one push-up, a real push-up. He couldn't do one pull-up when he got here as a seven-foot freshman. Now he's got the 45-pound chains around his neck, and he's doing 25 push-ups. He's doing multiple pull-ups. He couldn't even hold – we do have these little torpedo things that we go down and back for grip strength, and they're about, I think, 120 pounds each. you got to walk down the length of court and back. Couldn't even go down and back. The other day he goes down and back and then does 20 – um deadlifts just for you know giggles at the end and never would have been able to do that ever so he's put in just unbelievable work he's running every single day after practice on his own on the treadmill his body has changed he's doing things on the court that he never even could have dreamed of even six months from now so his red shirt year first of all is the right move and secondly he didn't waste it he's gotten a lot better and i think he's going to be a really good player for the Hokies for years to come uh but again may not manifest into a Big time, eye opening year this year, but I think people within our program would say those two guys. John Camden works every single day. Again, you know, didn't play as much as he wanted to last year. Didn't have the biggest role as he wanted to last year. But he could have whined. He could have stuck his lip out and pouted. He hasn't. And I, as a coach, I I think that is more rewarding as a coach to see guys fight through adversity. It's not scoring 18 a game or scoring 25 versus Duke or whatever. I I like to see the stuff that's not necessarily in the stat book or on TV or in the limelight. What they do every single day makes me really proud. I want to brag on those two guys, but everybody's been working. I mean, Malazzo Potis had a really good offseason. So we got it. Like I said, it's competitive, man. Like if you think about every single roster spot, there's multiple dudes at every spot. So if you don't bring it, you're gonna get passed up, and that's the way we like it, man. It's uh, it's it's fun. Practices are a lot more edgy. Coach, you're a road dog. You're out recruiting. Not gonna be as much coming up here in the future. But when you're on your recruiting trips, what are you listening to? You listen to music, audio books, podcasts. Yeah, I mean, I don't, yeah, I like podcasts. You know what? I'm a big fan of Scott Van Pelt's podcast. Okay, he's got a little 45 minute once a week. 
he talks about life. He kind of recaps sports, whatever's in season. Uh, he's not afraid to talk about hoops. I like that he talks about football because I get my football recaps from him a lot. Um, and he again, he talks a lot about his kids and his life and how to be a good dad. And that stuff gets me going. And uh, he's got a really good podcast, but I listen to country music. Um, Morgan Wallen, Luke Combs, Chris Stapleton, Eric Church, you know, all those. I, I, that's what I really, really listen to. And then sometimes the occasional uh, Pardon My Take podcast, whatever, just some funny stuff. Definitely Sons of Saturday. I appreciate. It. I was waiting. I was waiting for the plug. I was. We were that's a, that's obvious. <laughs> what? Uh, I've never asked a coach this. I ask every player this, but I've never asked a coach. What okay. are you personally looking to improve upon yourself this season? Oh, patience. It's my biggest weakness. I think is patience. Um, and I think last year I kind of had to portray that um at times with kind of the hand we were dealt but patience um we always want everything right now we want it to be perfect right now and i'm everybody on staff will tell you i'm ocd and i'm type a and it's got to be this particular way we got to redo it again and that's not always the right thing for sure um so patience with that um letting this team grow and push them and challenge them but stuff happens um sometimes at a different pace than I wanted to. And I got to be okay with that, but um, communicating better with the players, getting a deep relationship with those guys is always on my mind. How can I get to know the guy more than just the player and all those types of things. So I think that's a good one. So two letters from the lunch pail here, and then we'll let you go. Uh, first one comes from Grant Watson. What piece of advice has had the biggest impact on you as a coach? Ooh, like that one. Great question. Uh, I would say take pride in everything you do, um, whether it's a scouting report, whether it's um, your individual workouts that no one else is going to see, no fan. Coach Young's not going to come down there sometimes. Uh, no one's going to know if you're just kind of unprepared for it. Like um, whether it's, you know, evaluating somebody, get off your phone and watch the kid. Don't be sitting over there scrolling Twitter. Uh, you know, so having pride in in what you do. Like my my name, my stamp is on everything that I do. And sometimes I'm the only person that knows that. But have pride in it. Have pride in it that I'm okay with what the work the work we just did right there. Um, because there's a lot of areas in this business where there's nobody double checking what you do. There's nobody over the top of you. And Coach Young is not a micromanager in the slightest. And you can always kind of just ease on by with maybe a B plus work, but having pride in what you do and putting an A plus work with what you do is, uh, is, has been the best piece of advice because you know, how you do one thing is kind of how you do everything. Last one we have here is from Shelton Moss, who is a huge coach Giltner fan, by the way. <laughs> um, could you talk about the roles and responsibilities of the point guard in the Mike Young offense? Oh man, set the table. That's the biggest point for coach Young uh, or the biggest thing for coach young is having a really good point guard that kind of sets the table what do i mean by that i mean by, like, we run how they run right um get us into our offense with some good timing it's uh it may not look like it as a as a spectator or a fan or somebody just watches the game it may look like we're just running around but you're kind of the the orchestrator uh and, and if you've ever been to like a band practice you hear that metronome that's deep 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 you got to stay on that that timing, and the timing of everything is important. So 
Uh, coach is always saying that. I get that 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 analogy from him. Um, but set the table. Now that guy's got to be able to score. That guy's got to be able to. If we if you have a point guard that can't score or shoot, it really makes it tough. So coach is big on that guy being able to shoot and score on his own, which opens up stuff for others. But setting the table. Um, sorry, it's my mom FaceTiming me actually. Um, but setting the table is is the biggest thing, and and running the show, and you're the head of the snake, so get people where they're supposed to be. You have to know every position. You have to know what he's doing on that play and he's doing on this play. Um, I'm actually watching a little bit of the series called uh, Quarterback on Netflix, and it kind of went the way that they're talking about stuff. Kind of reminds me of point guard play. Um, so it, it's a big position for coaching. Coach is probably the hardest on those guys. The biggest thing that Coach Young cannot stand as a point guard is turning the ball over. He cannot stand turnovers. He can't stand them. Um, and I think we've always been really, really good, top 25 in the country in turnover percentage every single year because that, like, Coach would rather you shoot a bad shot than turn the ball over. So point guard can't turn it over. He should end up in a 3-1, to 4-1 to one assist turnover ratio. He's got to be able to shoot. and He's got to know everything that everybody's doing. When a, when, a, when a team comes together after a foul or something, we huddle up. That point guard better be able to say, we're running this. Make sure you do that. Or, hey, we're running that. I noticed that he's guarding you this way. Maybe you should do that. And you got to have that command of that huddle. And and, and uh, Sean, Rodney, Brandon Recksteiner, Hunter Couture at times, they all show great signs of that. Coach, I know you're headed out to Europe. I know you're going to get a lot of work. I know you're going to say we got a lot of work to do. Is there anything that you're excited to get done when you're in Europe? I've never oh, been. Oh, let me let's be very clear. Let's be very clear. When we're in Europe, we are playing a couple games and we'll probably have one practice. But this is going to be a fun trip. I don't think anybody's going to shy away from that. We're going to do some really really cool things. It's not going to be hard work the entire time. We'll be the first to admit we're we're working really really hard right now. We have ten you know, back-breaking practices where we're going really, really hard and we're going at it. But once we get to Europe, we can kind of relax a little bit. Like I said, we'll play two games, and those guys will be up for those. We'll be excited about those. But outside of that, we're not watching any film. We're not doing scouting reports on them. We're going to be visiting really cool places, doing some sightseeing, enjoying some time with our team and our families and soaking that stuff up. That's really what it's about. If we can walk away from this trip saying, man, we are really, really close. I got to spend 10 days with these guys without distractions of recruiting and things like that. I think that'll be awesome. KG, it's always a pleasure. FaceTime mom back. Enjoy Europe and uh, go get yourself some cheetah wings when you get a chance at PKs. You got it. To wander, tripping in the sand We smoke out windows, drink till we can't stand But I saw you dance like you want to in my head And all that she said is All I know is what you're thinking Please don't go just let it sink in Trash my friend's place, wake up the next day To you and say